The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 277 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, healthcare workers at some of the country's most overwhelmed hospitals finally have reason to celebrate. What it's like to be among the first inoculated against the deadly virus. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. In the U.S., Congress looks closer to passing a coronavirus relief deal. Two people familiar with the negotiations say it includes stimulus payments to individuals and supplemental unemployment insurance, but not liability protections or direct aid for state and local governments. Leaders are rushing to finalize the package in time to attach it to crucial government spending legislation and pass it by the end of the week. Four people briefed on the discussions said it is expected to be less than $900 billion. Some of the first doses of the Pfizer-incorporated BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine were held up from delivery in the U.S. this week and sent back to the company because they were colder than anticipated. Gustav Perna, the Army general who serves as Operation Warp Speed's chief operations officer, said that two trays of vials at two California locations reached 92 degrees below zero, colder than they are supposed to be stored. The same thing happened at one location in Alabama, Perna said at a news briefing on Wednesday. Finally, Germany recorded 910 coronavirus fatalities in the 24 hours through Wednesday morning, the most since the pandemic began. A strict shutdown designed to stem the surge of infections is being put in place. Chancellor Angela Merkel has warned that the country faces a new peak of COVID-19 infections next month, suggesting that the tougher restrictions will remain in place beyond January. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. And now for today's main story. Just a month ago, Iowa experienced its worst COVID-19 surge yet. Coronavirus cases began soaring there in early November, 
as they have throughout the United States. By the middle of the month, Iowa was recording about 4,000 new cases every day. But this week, staff at a University of Iowa healthcare system finally had reason to celebrate. The first doses of Pfizer's vaccine arrived at the Iowa City location Monday morning in tiny vials packed in dry ice. Angelica Levito spoke to healthcare workers there just after they became some of the first Americans outside of clinical trials to get immunized against the deadly disease. I spoke to her today about how it went. So, Angelica, you spoke to someone who is among the first in the U.S. to be given the COVID-19 vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech, Chitana Daniels. I was wondering if you might just tell us a bit about her. Chitana Daniels is a staff nurse in the medical intensive care unit at the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics. And so at her hospital in Iowa City, she sees some of the most complex critical care patients in the state. The University of Iowa is really the only academic medical center in the state, and so they see patients from all over Iowa and even in parts of Illinois who are coming in with the coronavirus. And so she's been working in the ICU since the pandemic started, and her experience has been a little bit unique in that in the spring when cases were exploding in New York City, it was pretty quiet in Iowa. But then unfortunately, as the year progressed, and especially during the fall, she started seeing more and more patients and caring for some of the sickest people in the state. In beginning and middle of November, we had like lists of patients just waiting to get a bed. Even from Illinois, like the the hospitals on the Illinois-Iowa border were calling places like Chicago and St. Louis trying to send their patients and there was nowhere for them to go. You mentioned Iowa City seeing an increase and an uptick of COVID-19 patients throughout the year. So how does this play into how Iowa City was chosen um, or was able to be one of the first place to begin administering the COVID-19 vaccine? So states are able to choose where they want to send the doses that they are being allocated from the federal government. And really across the country, what we're seeing is states sending their doses to the people who are really on the front lines dealing with COVID patients all day, every day. And what that means is that a lot of health systems, the large health systems, including the University of Iowa, are getting the very first doses. What was the process of getting the vaccine like for Chitana? So hospitals, including the University of Iowa, are creating algorithms and formulas to determine who should get the first few doses because there are a very limited um, quantity at the beginning that we see ourselves in right now. And so Chitana, given her role as a staff nurse in the medical intensive care unit, Um, was among the first at the University of Iowa Health System to get vaccinated. And she got a call late last week asking her if she would want to come in on Monday to get her shot. And, you know, at first she said she just thought it was something normal, the next step in the process. I think I got the call at the very end of last week. Um, My manager said, we're scheduling people to get vaccinated 
we're trying to do it um, when they have a little bit of a stretch off a few days off so that if there are any side effects, there's not a huge volume of people trying to call off work. So I said, sure, I'll do Monday. I'll do Monday morning, Monday afternoon now. But I didn't really feel, I don't know, any excitement about it. Um, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is like just the next step, the next thing I do. But now that it's so close and I saw a picture of my friend getting one of the first vaccinations this morning, like I'm I'm so excited. And so she went up and they were hosting the clinic in the children's hospital. And this hospital is right across from the University of Iowa's football stadium. And so they have this room, what they call the press box, because it's glass and you can see over the football field. And up there on the 12th floor is where they had this clinic. And so she went up there and she said the energy was amazing. You know, people weren't necessarily cheering, but it just felt like everybody was kind of bouncing and and so excited to get this. Here is your vaccination card. You want to hang on to your badge because they're going to have you swipe it one more time. If you just want to hang out right here, that's perfectly fine. Thank you so much. What's interesting, too, is that there was a lot of security because, of course, these are really precious products right now. There's a security guard standing in front of the one elevator that gets you there. He had to scan me in and then get into the elevator scan his badge again so I could go up. And then, you know, there was somebody there who was checking off names of people who were expected to get the vaccine that day. She arrived a little bit early and people in line were just talking about how excited they were. And there were some posters reminding people that just because you were vaccinated doesn't mean you can stop wearing your mask, PPE. And there were about two or three stations where um, nursing and medical assistants were administering the vaccines. And she sat with her back to the football field and she got her shot. She said she didn't even feel it go in. Do you have a preference of arm or left arm okay? I don't care. Left arm's fine. Okay. Just a second there. On three. One, two, three. Super. All right. Do you mind if I take a selfie? Oh, go for it. I'm going to sign your sheet here. Okay. Okay. Thanks. And then they gave her um, her card, these cards that the CDC is including in the um, supply kits that everyone, all of the um, vaccinators are getting. And so she got her card with a sticker on it saying which vaccine she got when and reminding her to come for her second dose in a few weeks. What is the next step for her? How does her her work or even her daily life change now that she's gotten part one of the vaccine? So this vaccine is a two-dose vaccine, and so she will have to come back in in about three weeks to get her second shot. And so far, I haven't heard her say that she's scheduled that next dose. And, you know, the data from Pfizer suggests that there is some protection for after the first shot, which is good, but it's not nearly as much as that second shot. So her life will not change overnight. But, you know, she is really excited about the possibility of maybe seeing her parents after her second shot and returning to some sense of normalcy because, you know, a lot of healthcare workers haven't done much since this all started. She says that she's mostly seen just her husband who she lives with and that's it. And, you know, she's been tempted to see some friends and and really engage in normal life that so many people have resumed, but she hasn't felt comfortable doing that given that she sees the sickest of the sick patients every day. And so she's excited to get some sense of normalcy back. 
So as a nurse, Chitana was among the first to receive the vaccine, but it obviously may be several months before others can receive it as well. What are some of her recommendations for those who may have to wait a bit before receiving their own shot? You know, her recommendation is that people should really know that this virus is real and that they need to take it seriously, that we have tried and true measures that we know work, wearing a mask, not attending extended gatherings. So these are things that, you know, they might feel tiring or they might feel worrisome. But, you know, she herself has seen that since Iowa implemented a mask mandate, late last month that her own hospital census has started going downward. So she just reminds people to be patient and do the things we know work while we're still in this period where a very, very small number of people are vaccinated. I sort of take for granted how lucky I am to be getting it this early because even other, you know, medical facilities don't have vaccines yet. Yeah, I just feel really grateful to be where I am and to like work for a hospital that protects the people that work for them. And I'm just I'm just like for the first time in months actually hopeful and maybe seeing a glimmer of a light at the end of the tunnel. That was Angelica Levito. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com slash coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspure, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Angelica Levito. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. down has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.